okay awesome so we are live ideas to start on time finish on time and this is something that we are very happy about to be able to do that uh, so thank you so much uh, everyone for joining in i am jatin i am one of the co-founder of we host lot of interesting startup meetups and on our ejai platform also you can book 15 minute video calls with other founders so it's an interesting mix of meetups and one on one networking Uh, every uh, saturday evening typically we host startup investor perspective series today we are moving that to thursday and we have jinesh shah from omnivore who is joining us to share his experiences about getting into uh, venture capital and becoming an impact investor actually uh, so just to uh, small uh, couple of uh, housekeeping announcements uh, so we have three kinds of audiences those who are live right now with us on zoom those will be watching on social media on youtube facebook or twitter and those will be just watching the video later whenever we send out the emailers so those who are watching uh, who are with us right now on zoom uh, so friends if you have any questions then you can ask in the chat so typically uh, towards the second half of the session i'll allow you to speak up actually uh, and not just read out your question so that makes it little more engaging and we'll take a few questions from our audience from youtube and twitter uh, also so with this uh, thank you so much everyone again uh, uh, i'm jatin i'm one of the co-founder of ichai we have jinesh shah with us uh, so jinesh thank you so much for accepting the invite and spending this one hour with us Thanks, Jatin, for inviting me on the session, and uh, pleasure meeting everyone here. Yep. Uh, uh, so, Jinesh, uh, uh, like, uh, if you can just briefly introduce you and your firm, and then we'll get started with our discussion. Sure. So, I represent a firm called Omnivore, uh, which is a food and agri-focused impact fund. We invest in the early-stage companies which are trying to disrupt the way agriculture works in the Indian markets, especially for smaller farmers. we invest with a theory of change saying that water omnivore does should do either one of the three things one anything what we do should make more profits for farmers uh, we we don't talk about revenues or we don't talk about the cost reduction but we always talk about improving our profits that's income level of farmers second water omnivore does we should make agriculture more sustainable so using less of chemicals or using less of natural resources or using the more of the using the same resources and producing more so make it more optimal and make it more sustainable and third we think agriculture is going to have a, a significant problem because of climate change climate change is happening for real and we are seeing those trends especially in few few parts of the country as well so whatever omnivore does should make agriculture more resilient so that's one of the three factors one has to do it before we either make an investment in the, in the company so that's that's what as omnivore we are doing it personally i i have spent first 8 9 years of my career working uh, on acquisitions and mergers uh, for various corporate finance departments of it industry so did some ipo for patni we back in 2004 did some acquisitions for hcl in 2012 kind of time frame the and from 2007 onwards working with the vc industry spent few years uh, around 3 3 and a half years with nexus venture partners as a cfo there it was the early days of nexus and early days for me in the vc industry and from 2010 11 period working with mark at omnivore we both founded omnivore nearly a decade ago mm-hmm. and have been doing agriculture investments for the for the last 8 9 years Awesome. Thank you so much, Jinesh. So in a way, you had two forays into VC. First with Nexus Ventures, then you got into Impact VC. Yeah. So how 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 those transition happened? The first how you got into Nexus, uh, and then what made you start Omnivore? Look, I used to spend most of my life. I I thought I always wanted to spend most of my career with IT industry uh, because technology fascinates me, and I I 
enjoyed working there but it's always sometimes luck right i mean you you decide to do something on your own i tried to be an entrepreneur myself couldn't succeed well and so nexus was looking for someone to lead the finance organization and i was trying to figure out what else to be done right so that's how things worked out and i joined nexus there spent some 3 3 and a half years trying to understand what a vc does and started omnivore with the premise thing that in early part of the 2010 that is the early part of this decade previous decade we were seeing a lot of investments venture investments happening in few urban pockets right i mean everyone was trying to solve the urban rich kids problem trying to do uh, help them out to make make their life better right and 70% of the people who were in the rural sector or 50 to 60% of gdp which was focused by the done by the rural sector was no one was focusing around it so we thought that something very interesting so i was speaking to mark trying to figure out what was his plan nexus we did the fund did some investments like companies like sonlal did some eka software which was related to rural area agri commodities and that was during that period was chatting with various players in the industry and mark was also one of those uh, go to guy for me to understand about agriculture so that's where we started talking about it and and things just moved out and we started omnivore we started not as an impact fund but more only like an agritech focused fund right saying whatever we do should really help agriculture sector but in this journey we realized that whatever we are doing is creating some positive impact and there is amount of work we do is is seriously making some positive impact in the life of various farmers right and that's how our journey towards the impact fund graduated out so that's yeah. how it worked out for me and why agriculture as a, you briefly mentioned that but why specifically that and what was the thesis at that time look i mean agri is a sector which is like if you add just the pure farming the crops and the and the and milk and and the and the poultry and, and the livestock contributes 15 to 18% of india's gdp contributes at least 45 to 50% of the total employment of the country and there was no one doing that right and i genuinely believe that if you have to solve a company country's problem right or you have to help help india move from a low income country to a mid income country you need to take the entire country's population you can't leave the 50% of population outside of it right so we thought this was something interesting we genuinely believe that agritech has the potential to improve the lives of a lot of people and in 2009-10 when we stood looking at starting a vc fund i mean no one was doing agri so i thought this is interesting because yes we think if all all the countries in the world have solved the agriculture problems i mean because most of the democratic democratic countries have solved the agriculture problems india should not be an exception to that right so we said this is going to really help this going to the time of agriculture will come sooner or later and with that thesis we said let's look at focusing on fund making our agriculture slightly better than what it is today so that that how we uh, started out and we decided to do agritech right i mean so that's how it goes awesome uh, so friends if you have any question you can ask in the chat meanwhile i'll just continue with some of the questions i wanted to ask uh, So how were those early days of Omnivore? Like you new startups and you went about investing them, or how, how did you market Omnivore to begin with, and how did you so, find those early stage startups? Sure, I mean, so at Omnivore it was very interesting that right? we were struggling VCs, right, trying to raise our own first fund. Uh, look, neither Mark had the a VC experience nor I had. I had three and a half years experience the CFO at Nexus, so we had not seen the entire fund cycle, right? So 
no baggage is about being a vc so we said let's try to raise capital so we were struggling to raise capital it took us long time to raise capital at the same time we were trying to do deals right i mean our anchor godrej supported us a lot uh, we could do a first deal based on their support which helped us to showcase what what we mean agritech those days right and so that's how it started out in terms of deals figuring out what the deal pipeline i think today if i see that at least 500 to 600 entrepreneurs focus on the agri sector when we started maybe you could count on your fingertips right that was the situation so we were like nearly like hunters right we would just take the train we couldn't afford flights those days and go each part of the country where there was agri agriculture agriculture clusters in terms of the potential solution providers of agriculture or input players and try to figure out what was happening around it so as hunters we started talking about it saying okay where do i find the next deal right so it took us nearly 2 to and a half years to get the goodwill going around it and then started things i mean then things started looking better people started understanding what we were doing and a lot of entrepreneurs started reaching out to us so early days moved from hunter like moved like a hunter right saying that i want to go and look for a deal right and that's how we walked around it Uh, you have all, all those startups listed on your website so i've shared that link in the zoom also so which are those early like the, the startups which kind of build the base for your portfolio i mean look we did we did companies like skymed that was the first deal what we had it then we could look at farm mechanization story i mean did kedut as a transaction we ever did barracks we did eruvaka those were the deals which we really went out to figure out what is to be done right something worked very well something took us more made us understand a lot of things things like celabs really taught us how to work with great entrepreneurs when they were really in the garages kind of a thing so that was yeah, a lot of time where we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to do deals at and where to find entrepreneurs vivek has asked in the chat do you invest in technology company which has only poc yeah there is a proof of concept and you could see if the customers are willing to buy there is a value for for the customers then yes we would be happy to look at that and explore further just extending on that so there are a set of uh, entrepreneurs who are focusing on uh, agri uh, and then trying to build something and then there are a set of people now with the support system uh, they want to get into agriculture uh, so so they would go through that path that you know having identifying a problem building a prototype and trying to get support uh, So, what would be your advice to the founders who are at an early stage building prototype or on the verge of building a prototype, and when they want to approach investors, what would you advise them? Sure, I mean, so before you start building a prototype, I and mean, figure out if the problem is really genuine, right? Because sometimes sitting in our own offices or working in the previous organization, we think that we need to teach farmers agriculture. I mean, that's what we believe, right? And try to advise farmers what should be done so he can get better yield. That's what we should sit in urban urban people do about it. before you start getting into making the prototype i think best is to figure out spend some time on the farms understand what are the genuine problems because farmer's life is simple right he has 30 or 35 interactions with the outside world which is not in the farming's outside world and his life remains within those things so if you are able to solve one or two or three of those things uh, then it might make sense for you to create prototypes but it's important to spend time with farms and farmers not just like being tourist going for two or three or four days there but to go go spend few months look for one or two seasons and then decide what you want to do or not yep 
and now uh, you are more of a maturity stage uh, fund uh, so so you invest in all kinds of startups or early stage mid stage or a growth no, stage still, now what is still, the focus we still are seed pre series a series a kind of startups exception basis will do b's very rarely c's okay so now i'm going to do an experiment uh, madhula sharath mayank and charan uh, i have enabled you to speak up so probably you no know, uh, one by one we can take up your questions uh, so mayank you want to ask can you speak up and ask your question yeah sure hey jatin thanks and jinesh hi my question is uh, what is the investment thesis for omniore and uh, what is the typical deal size that uh, you invest sure so the typical thesis is that we are an impact fund so more like you need to follow one of the three pillars of our impacts of what we do it is our theory of change which is three pillars which we say that first whatever we do should make farmers more profits second is can you make more agriculture more sustainable and third is is agriculture sector becoming more resilient so if you're able to fill it in one of the three criteria yes then you have filled the filter for us to explore further and then we are like typical vc is saying how can we scale up how can we solve a few thousand problems of few hundred thousand farmers not few the few farmers and that's how we look around it we are a early stage investor so we typically come in seed pre series a series a kind of a stage the check size could be from half a million dollars to 2 million dollars to begin with we don't mind co we we are happy to co invest with any other vc over the life of our commitments to the startup we can invest up to 5 to 6 million dollars okay awesome uh, madhula can you speak up yeah uh, hi jinesh uh, i run a tech startup so we we are mostly into the you know impact social space uh, so we reach out to a lot of impact funds and and uh, you know right now because of covid i just wanted to know if that if, if that will affect the you know impact fund scenario in funding would they like think twice compared to you know five or six months before that's that's one question and the second one is as omnivore also look into a uh, tech space or is it only agri tech So I'll answer the second one. It's easy. It's we just do only. So, uh, so that's that's easy. On the first question about whether you think impact uh, investment will rise, I think my sense is, I mean, COVID has given people a lot of perspective, right? And most of the people have lost money unless you have asset. And what we realize with this kind of scenario, we we think there will be more capital for impact kind of investments rather than the non-impact, because a lot of DFIs or LPs, which are in this space, now realize that a lot of people would get back to the poverty because you have lost your jobs, you have lost your income, and there are good people in the world who would want to try to rectify that situation. So we will see more and more capital coming in the impact space going forward. I don't see a dip happening. I think overall, I think every crisis gives gives a chance to. we look at what life was and hopefully people will start looking at impact with much more seriousness than what we had in the in the past right because every other asset class have lost money i mean people who are focused on the essential sectors like education your health or maybe agriculture have not lost money so you will see more yeah. and more uh, investment coming in the sector thank you awesome. thank you uh, uh, sarath can you speak up yeah yeah hi and uh, my, my question is that i Uh, like i and my two of my friends are already crafting an idea to start an e-commerce app for agriculture to bring the so to, to bridge the market gap between you know farmer has a produce and you know the end customer has gets it for more price because of the mediators if you can say put it that way we are trying to build that that gap you know using an app for database of buyers and sellers so 
is it a is it a market like is it an app which has a market potential how do you validate the idea because you are into the funding you'd have a better idea about that sure so if you if i understand your question properly your question is saying that you're making an app which will connect farmers and the buyers right yeah yeah right so look i mean uh, theoretically this is definitely a good thing but i mean the buying and selling really works well if your commodities are really standard right when i go and buy a stocks i mean i know what am i getting into it right i'm buying a bullion i know what metal i'm getting into it but in agri commodities there's so many quality standards right if you just take off even a wheat right wheat of bihar is different from wheat of madhya pradesh so just saying that i have got a buyer and seller i think it's not going to work out unless you figure out what quality how you try to standardize out it's 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 going to be a challenge right i mean because farmers need not only want to sell but they also want to sell at the right price point so if you are unable to give him the right price point i'm not i'm not sure it's going to how it's going to work out also when he goes and sells on your platform how does he set up the logistics who does the fulfillment i mean all those unless you solve the holistic problem it might be just be difficult on making an app and trying to do this business app correct uh, aditya can you speak up so aditya i mean while aditya joins i'll just uh, mayank had a uh, question uh, how do you look at adaptability of technology by farmers so now there are a lot of tech guys who are trying to build solutions for farmers but what is your observation the farmers i mean we we all believe that farmers didn't use technology right but most of the farmers are using whatsapp they are always on whatsapp thanks to geo data uh, is the data costs are going down so farmers are using technology they've been using for entertainment and for their own private private time pass but what is in covid what has really happened is that farmers for the first time saw that the apmcs were not working the supply chain was disrupted out and they had to figure out how to sell the produce because the harvest was already out and they were really forced to start reaching out to consumers they they did not come on technology by choice except the covid period today people are downloading apps to figure out how i can sell my produce how i can get better price for what i was doing and which part of the market is open so they started using technology a lot right uh sometimes what will happen the farmer might not be tech enabled himself or tech tech qualified but he would have his son or daughter who is probably working in towns or cities they understand technology and they help the family to get on the tech platform so tech adoption is is increasing i mean we have seen quite a few of our portfolio companies getting more and more farmers on the platform there is online transaction happening out payouts happening online so and i think with the government support of the jam trinity where you are getting the direct benefit of transfer happening directly to farmers bank account farmers have started realizing the value of it and so they are slowly but surely adopting technology and are coming on tech platforms correct uh, aditya can you speak up yeah hi jatin hi dinesh yeah, hi hi so yeah. like we have seen that in india we have very lack of cold chain warehouses so there are a lot of wastage of fruits happening here <coughs> so how do you see a co- like there like vcs are comfortable with investing in cold chain warehousing or cold chain logistics kind of thing and how you look at this too so yeah, i mean look i think cold chain absence is definitely a concern for for everyone in the in the sector the government is trying to do the bit around it but what the government or the large funders are trying to do is create large cold chains at district headquarters saying i want to create large cold storages but 
it's not really practical for a farmer mainly for the horticulture horticulture farmers where you don't get produce all at once but you get over a period of time so every time you harvest you need to sell the produce in th- two or three days otherwise then you will lose your you lose your lose the value of the crop because if you are doing only a partial load you can't take a produce from your farm to the cold chain and also when the harvest happens the temperature at which the harvest happens the crop is at 34 35 degrees temperature because that's the ambient temperature in india and in spite of best of efforts by the time it reaches to a cold chain in the district headquarters the temperature reaches to 43 44 degrees and you start losing the value of your crop even at the best of efforts so what we really need is decentralized cold chains india is blessed with the solar energy a lot i think government of india's focus is also to see how solar energy can be tapped for the benefits of the uh, benefit of the countrymen so if someone or people can start figuring out a way of using cold chain at the farm gate because if i can bring a cold chain at the farm gate i can bring the temperature of my harvest from 34 35 to 4 or 5 or 8 degrees depending on the kind of crop it is or, or the produce it is and which gives me more time to go to a longer distance market to get a better price point or to store my produce for a longer time which helps you to get a better price arbitrage so if you are able to create a cold chain at the farm gate and not at the district headquarters i think there's a fair chance that people will be able to make more money and it doesn't require too much of cost because if you are making a 20000 tonnage or 100000 ton cold chain it's it's very costly but if you are making a 5 ton 10 ton at the farm gate itself or maybe pool of three or four farmers coming together and doing it it becomes very very remunerative i mean simple example when you do a pomegranate business harvest the price is 25 rupees a kg in a span of 40 days it becomes 100 rupees a kg so if you had stored your pomegranate for 40 days the farmer would have made four x the revenues right in terms of profit at least 10 times more than what he would ever made it i mean similar like rose flowers right at 14 feb everyone wants to store the rose flowers because you get the highest price i mean but the rose has its own life right so if you're not able to sell on 12th or 11th of february then you are dead so if you could store your produce for long for last few days and you supply in the market at the right price points i mean you can make more money karan uh, can you speak up okay i'll, I'll just yes, sir, i can speak karan yes uh Hi everybody. Uh, this is Sharon from Greenwich. Uh, sir, I have a question, Dinesh sir. Omnike startups in ideation stage. My idea is to produce uh, innovative foods. Uh, I've seen in your website, like uh, millet-based packaged food, helps in uh, funding ideation stage of seed stage startups. Sure, I mean, chief. I mean, there is no reason why we cannot look at idea stage startups, but we prefer to invest post revenues. We just want to see. If your idea is backed by few customers who are willing to pay you price for what you are doing, that's the stage it is more comfortable to us. If it's just like a millet-based packaging food package company, then unless you see some scale happening, we don't know whether we can invest because there is not major differentiation here around it. So it depends on a case-to-case basis, I mean. Okay. Okay. Uh, and and dinesh how how do you engage with the startups that you invested in like what kind of things do you end up doing in addition to the funds that you would give to any so we, we do a lot of things yeah i mean we help in the areas where we can add value we also work with entrepreneurs in the areas where they need our support typically those areas are like in terms of mainly helping them to get talent 
getting talent is the most important thing for any startup to succeed other area where we can add value is to put the processes and compliance and governance practice in place because a lot of times entrepreneurs think that finance functions or compliance functions are like pain right and they will not do it till the extent to the extent where someone makes a mistake and you get rotted out so we try to put that in place other areas we can help them out is <clears throat> in terms of putting the governance practice of how how things have to be done out being a sounding board member right we being an entrepreneur is a lonely job it's not easy just to be an entrepreneur yeah you and employees can always bitch about the bosses right that's the easiest thing we all did in our life but if you are an entrepreneur it's very lonely at the top so our job is to listen to our entrepreneur be a sounding board talk to them and help where we can right so we act like partners we are not going to tell you okay guys do this or do that or we're not going to sit on your head and say let's go and execute it out right uh, that's what we do at the same time we've been doing agriculture for last many years so we have a reasonable network within the sector so we would be happy to help our entrepreneurs to do the business development pitch work because we have our networks we can connect them to relevant people and that's where we can add more value to them okay uh, and dinesh uh, in our on your portfolio page you had mentioned co investors also so typically how do as it were you invest in a startup when they grow they like additional investors or you join with other investors so typically how it happens so when we started out we were the only guys investing so we couldn't do we couldn't we couldn't get too many co investors in the early part of our life yeah uh, Uh, but today we would prefer to work with co-investors look we we realize that there are few strengths we have it uh, there are few weaknesses we have it so our strength is saying that we understand the agri sector better than most of the vc investors uh, understand around it so we we really work with lot of our co-investors we look about look for us about the sector expertise or the value add we can do in the sector and we realize that agriculture startups are not seen real scale till now i mean like we have few startups who across 100 200 crores of revenue right so we we believe our co-investors have seen that piece of journey much better than ours so we we tend to use that leverage their expertise on the same and we tend to work together but i think we we prefer to work with any investor who wants to come because agriculture is fairly a new sector for vc investments and a lot of people are now trying to experiment on that So we happy to work with them uh, wherever we can. Yeah. Okay, uh, you briefly mentioned that, but uh, have you invested in a very early stage, like idea stage kind of a founder, or you would prefer them to be post prototype stage? Look, I mean, in the first fund, we have done companies like Stellabs and Eruvaka, where idea stage founders were there, or maybe prototype stage founders were there. We also, <clears throat> in second fund, we have done a company called Tartan Sense. Is still working on its robot or the rover, Land Rover, <coughs> for this for the for the spraying business. So yes, we have to we have worked with people in the early stage, idea stage as well. Okay, that would be and, an exception. And, it's not a norm. Yes, if you are exception, then probably your idea stage would also work. Else, you have to just go through that grind that typical founders will have to go through. Yes, uh, right. Yeah. And just when you are evaluating those startups, uh, typically, what are those three four key points that you look for? I think as a VC, we have the same same. Everyone looks at the same thing, right? Look at a great founding team. Whether instead of a one founder, if we have a team as a founding team, that that's better. <coughs> we also look at the scalability of it, right? Saying uh, is the if the solution is scalable to a a bigger market or is just a very local solution. Third is, are we solving the genuine problems, right? Because sometimes we think we can create a scale, but the pro- the problem is not really genuine. Then the products really don't work out well. Uh, 
you think if you are make, making a good product or good solution for a genuine problem the chances of scaling is much much faster and i think the last but not the least i think we 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 really at this end of the day we figure out whether they they will work with us on a long term are you making a business only for short term that is i want to flip around the company make a small bet and sell to someone and move on with life or are you creating a company for much much more much more than just selling to some vc i mean some other people right yep and, and here's what are the trends that you observed in last 3 4 years like like the ideas which may not work on 2016 17 now are probably working out in 2020 any trends that you could observe look i think there is no specific trend which is working or not right i mean we all initially when we started out we thought b2c was a great trend today it's b2b which is more trend right i mean i think what we have seen is that trends keep on coming but they keep on repeating also b2c was great in 2003 4 time frame was then went out the enterprise startup came into it then again b2b b2c startups came back now it's back to enterprise so look i think there is no specific trend in terms of the agriculture sector i think what trend is for working for us is like uh, market linkages people are trying to solve the market linkage problem that's something which is interesting agri tech i mean precision agriculture and any, any solutions which is more like tech enabled because india has a inherent strength in, in technology so those kind of startups are we are seeing more and more around it and hopefully now we are seeing a lot of saas kind of startups in the agri sector also that's how we are looking at it there are a lot of fintech agri startups are uh, coming up what are the interesting ones that uh, you could see and what what are the trends happening in that look i think you need to solve a, a problem in a in a holistic manner right you just cannot go to a farmer and say i'll give you a fintech solution currently the farmer doesn't have a problem of capital he has a problem of capital at the right price point <clears throat> so if you are able to solve that piece then it makes sense at the same time farmer has if you look at the farmer as an entity he has some 30 or interactions required with the outside world right in terms of buying his uh, inputs or selling his crops or subsidies or or getting advice so person who contributes controls or solves more of those farmer would tend to stick with them because farmers are mainly relationship oriented they will not go here for just few rupees here and there right that's more about relationship so if you're solving lot of his few of his problems and at the same time you're giving him a a fintech solution the chances of it succeeding is much higher but if you're just going say i'm going to give you a fintech solution i'm going to give you capital and not understanding his problem it it becomes a challenge right i mean farmer gets two or three harvest season right sometimes if there is a bad weather event you might skip that harvest season also so typical people who don't understand agriculture would say i need my money back i mean the farmer says boss you will have to wait for six more months before i can pay you money back so if you are not able to solve those things i think fintech solutions standalone fintech solutions would be a challenge but hopefully i think things are changing and i think standalone fintech solutions at some point will also start working okay uh, shubham and chandni i am enabled you to speak up shubham can you speak up your question uh, and chandni if you can also speak up else i'll just read out your question yes i can yes chandni uh, I have had this idea, Janeshar, way back one year ago, where uh, we can create a kind of forum or stock exchange for farmers to sell their produce on a standard price all across uh, India. And it could be like A quality, B quality, or C quality. But I couldn't uh, go through more into that. So, uh, what is your input into that? How this idea can scale up into the market or not? Absolutely, ma'am. Chandni, what you should do is focus, figure out how to standardize the quality, right? Because 
let's say a maize in in a particular state like bihar would be different from a maize produced in 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 madhya pradesh right and similarly for other state it's not good or bad it's the way the quality are right so unless you can standardize that that would be you cannot scale up second is there are lot of in lot of processors who would want to have a particular kind of food produce so in terms of the chemical composition around it so if you can figure out a quality metrics at the farm gate and say this is let's say in case of wheat and the wheat you see this is this is a percentage of gluten i have it or this is a percentage of protein i have it right and you can sell to a processor because some processor would want more gluten some would need less gluten someone would need more protein and if you can figure those quality parameters and standardize that i think then you can scale up much faster but so there is lot of work the major work is going to be in terms of standardization of quality okay okay wonderful thank you so much dinesh sir uh, this has helped a lot thanks sir uh, and dinesh uh, so agri is a business where regulations and policies will have much greater impact in individual businesses also uh, so so what are these uh, milestone policies or regulation that has really helped accelerate this growth or what are your thoughts on that I think that June has been the watershed moment for agriculture, right? I mean, it's a 1991 moment for manufacturing sector. I mean, government of India deregulated three three major major uh, regulations. One is the uh, Essential Commodities Act, where it was criminalized if you were holding some kind of a commodities, it becomes a problem for you. So, government has reduced the, or diluted the act to a large extent. Second is is opening up the. I mean, I mean. APMC is used to be a monopoly for farmers right whatever farmers used to do they have to go to APMC only and that was controlled by few traders there so now government has deregularized that thing so farmers can sell anywhere to anyone and anyone can open a trade market agriculture market after just taking the relevant uh, approvals and <clears throat> third is i think which is uh, slightly more futuristic i think government of india is now trying to figure out how we can pool land agricultural land together for doing business uh, not for buying or selling so contract farming model act has come out in a mid term basis we'll see large corporates trying to figure out how they can pool up land land and create a scale which can make technology sustain around itself so these are things that are happening at the same time i mean i mean government of india for the first time realized that india is no longer a food deficit country i mean most of the acts were done in 1950s and 60s and like export regulations were there wherever sugar would price would start going in the, up in the indian market government would ban the exports they used to think india was a food deficit country right for the first time this government started understanding that india is a food surplus country and instead of trying to not just be self sufficient government of india is now thinking saying can we export our food outside of india because we have lots of food like rice and other other products and can we make more put can we help farmers make more money because if you are able to export to a different country and get better pricing i mean overall farmers life will better get better around it so things are getting better in terms of the regulation uh, awesome uh, vijay has asked how you look at p2p lending agriculture p2p yep sorry i mean i would not be the right guy to comment on p2p <laughs> because i don't have the Yes, broadly I can talk about it, but it doesn't make sense for me to give you any comments on P2P lending. I mean, in India, P2P has been done on informal basis, right? How formalized and how how it's going to be regulated in the agriculture sector, I I I probably would not be the right guy to comment on that. 
ओके व्हाट हैज बीन व्हाट हैज बीन योर की इनसाइट्स दैट यू नो लाइक प्रोबब्ली व्हेन यू स्टार्टेड यू यूज्ड टू बिलीव इन सर्टेन वे थिंग्स वुड वर्क बट आफ्टर 5 6 इयर्स दिस इज हाउ इट हैज चेंज एनीथिंग दैट चेंज द वे यू थिंक अबाउट दिस फेस नो आई थिंक थिंग्स हैव ग्रेजुअली मूव्ड इन द राइट डायरेक्शन सो व्हाट वी थॉट वी विल बी एबल टू अचीव इट वी वर आल्सो नॉट क्लियर व्हेन वी स्टार्टेड आउट 100% राइट सो आवर वी आल्सो स्टार्टेड गेटिंग थिंग्स मोर क्लियर more clarity of things today than what we had in the past but broadly things are more in the way where we had anticipated it's going to move in the direction maybe the speed could be debatable about but the direction is more or less similar around it so i would not i don't think things have really gone way wired for us to a large extent okay uh, and uh, you mentioned in your website that you know you're a financial first impact investor uh, and then suddenly like age uh, there are so many startups raising a lot of funds getting to the billion dollar valuation and you are in impact so uh, so 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 when you uh, think about it how does it play out like the startups that you invested in will get to that valuation or when you see the news about uh, everything else getting to that scale so basically what are your thoughts around that look i think when we start out make investment you try to create a large scalable business make it more more valuable and solve a problem I think what valuation achieves out in terms of billion dollar or a trillion dollars it depends on how uh, things things align itself, right? I mean, my I mean, at my old boss at Nexus used to say that stars have to align for us to really get a billion dollar exit, right? And no one can really anticipate at the time of investment, right? I mean, we could all claim that we all knew about it, but look, unless things align, you get everything going right for you. It doesn't happen on its own, right? in if i look at the broadly at the other sectors it took like 20 15 20 years after vc investment really began out india got the first billion dollar and that was make my trip if i'm not mistaken that was the first billion dollar valuation company it took nearly 20 years two decades for vc after vc investment started practical indian market to reach that stage i mean agtech is like 6 to 9 years old right i mean 8 or 9 years old and we were the first ones to do it right and the real momentum has started picking up in the last 3 or 2 years ago correct so, give some time i think we will get some companies doing billion dollar valuations exits but when it's going to happen technically i mean i don't think it's it's easy for one to judge judge it out but hopefully in next decade we should be able to see something going with that correct uh, and uh, uh, so you mentioned that there are 500 600 uh, uh, Tech entrepreneurs, so a lot of founders, you know, they want to raise funds, and in terms of approach, sometimes people miss out on this. So, what would you be your advice to them? That you know, probably this is how probably they do it. There are that increases the odds of they getting responses from the investors or getting a good traction. Look, I mean, look, I'm a Gujarati businessman, right? I mean, you you create businesses not for taking VC money, right? You create businesses for your scale. I mean, you 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 start the journey with your belief that you will do it, right? Investors would come or investors might not come. It's the choice of the investors. So if you are in it for long and you're going to scale your business on your own, things will work out, right? If you're just coming out or starting a business thing or a startup with the hope that VCs have to invest in you, I mean, sometimes it will work, sometimes it not will work, right? Because it's up to VCs. So if I were to, I mean, I when we, if I were to do a business, right, I would really go about saying, can I scale the business with my own abilities, right? I mean, will my friend or family support me in making some investments, and can I? Run a sustainable manner. In the process of running it, if I can get some VC who can put more money, then I can scale faster. But my my growth would my my business approach would remain more or less the same, right? A VC can give you a faster growth, but 
it doesn't change the fundamental of business and if you need capital from vcs just to sustain itself then it's a question of time that capital will get scarce right Uh, and Dinesh, how, how do you build your knowledge base? Uh, like, uh, what are the signals that you get? You get to meet people, you read certain things, you follow certain set of uh, people. From where you build your knowledge base? So I don't read too much. I mean, like my my team reads a lot. I mean, they give me a lot of inputs about how things are. I would prefer to work with people who are much smarter than me, are more knowledgeable than me. Listen to them, hear them out. I think you you get your knowledge. Right? At the end of the day, what are VCs? Right? VCs are like consultants. We hear from people and give yeah, yeah, right. So we do it. Awesome. And uh, there are some people who may want to reach out to you. So how they can reach out to you? Just drop a mail to us, or I mean, WhatsApp us, or you use and uh, write to us at Omnivore. I mean, we can just respond very well, right? We have a team of eight people in the investment team, and we are present in cities like Mumbai, Delhi, uh, Bangalore, and Chennai. So. Hopefully, we'll be able to meet you also when things allow people when, when the environment allows us to meet up. Awesome. So, friends, if you have any questions, you can ask. Uh, another five six minutes of uh, dis- discussion. Uh, so, just what's next for you? Like in five, the startups that you are working with, how would they look like? Look like in the startups whom we are working with, I, I believe some of them would solve real big genuine problems faced by the farmers. So that that I believe would happen on the portfolio side. on the omnivore side i think we are at a at a stage where we 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 believe that we've been able to glamorize agriculture to some extent so hopefully we will probably raise some larger fund than what we have today but continue to be investing in early stage companies and hopefully at selectively invest into larger at a later stage as well whether we move beyond the shores of india it's a matter of debate matter of internal discussion things will evolve on its own For omnivore, I think we would continue to do what we have been doing, right? Focus on agriculture sector and trying to see how how much pro how many problems of agriculture sector can be solved, especially for the smallholder farmers. Awesome, friends. If you have any questions, you can ask uh, another uh, four or five minutes of this discussion. Uh, so, Jenny, this is something that uh, we try to do every time. Uh, 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 so typically when we have two panelists we have asked them to have ask questions to each other but uh, assuming that there are some founders here and if you were to ask them questions what those questions would be they'll not be able to answer but what are those things that you, you would want them to think through so i mean as a founder i mean i if i were to ask to founders i mean i'll try to answer i mean one question i'll ask them is what what keeps them awake at night because there is one nagging problem which every founder has it and that doesn't allow the founder to sleep i mean Look, I mean, I can tell that because Mark and I both have been entrepreneurs, right? We have been investors later, but we started the journey of raising a fund. We didn't have any any big background or large brand names behind us. It was just all our, on our us, right? So, fundraising for us was a big nagging problem. We couldn't sleep because of that. So, the so founders would have that. What's what's that one thing which keeps them awake? One advice to them: if the answer is that just fundraising is a thing which is keeps you awake, then it's going to be a challenge right you if you just thinking only of fundraising and that is the only thing which keeps you awake either you are understood your business so well and the product is very ready or you are just here to fundraise i mean yeah uh, last two questions uh, uh, and what are those white spaces that you see that in the founders who want to get into agritech these are the areas where they can look for for bigger opportunities what are those white spaces so in agritech i mean the few few large uh, white spaces is like if i take a look the market connectivity in terms of standardizing of quality of agriculture produce and creating stock exchange some lady asked for the question right 
creating exchange platform with a standard quality that's something white space another which is very very critical is that india is india is changing its dietary pattern right we are moving from a grain based economy to a more protein based economy and all these things give a chance for people who are in the agri business to create those uh, solutions for which suits people's demand i mean case in example today because of the covid crisis we all now looking to eat healthy food trying to understand what our food is right we want to be all natural safe give our kids better product than what we have got in our uh, in our childhood so that's something a white space right organic is coming making a big thing right so that's something white space because consumer now wants that so that gives you option for next 2 3 years to make some product like it right i mean i was looking at some company they make out chocolates with mulatti chocolates or ashwagandha chocolates i mean today we all eating all ayurvedic products or spices in our daily food because we all worried about covid right so that's how i look about it awesome Th- uh, thank you so much jinesh uh, uh, thank you so much everyone i've shared the linkedin uh, profile of jinesh and on their website also they mentioned the portfolio and lot many other information so in case if you want to reach out on linkedin or over email you can do that Uh, so just one other thing I'll just put on the chat my email id so if in case someone wants yes. to reach out that's easy for them yeah. linkedin is something i <laughs> see once in week or 10 days yeah yeah uh, uh, thank you so much and just one other tricky thing with zoom calls is to how to end it so typically we try to do this consider this as a uh, some sort of a university class and you are supposed to give a convocation speech so one okay. line message of yours and once you finish your one line message i'll end the call <laughs> I think, guys, uh, one line, one line message for the entrepreneur is that, boss, the entrepreneurship journey is very, very uh, long and tiring. I mean, idea is to keep it pursuing and not, not, not disheartened, not get disheartened around it. Keep doing it. At some point, you'll achieve your goals. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you so much, Genius. Thank you so much, everyone. I've shared Genius' email address also. Uh, uh,